As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, or actually good afternoon for you. I'm assuming you're in Toronto. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. How about you? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Awesome. Still awesome. morning here, apparently. Awesome. That's great. Um, so it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I know you guys are really busy currently. Yeah, so a lot of great news these days. So we just launched a new product and I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I, you know, for the purpose of the folks listening to the recording later on, you know, give us a little bit of information about Tribe, you know, kind of your elevator pitch, how you describe the product to people, the business, um, let them know. Of course, of course. So first of all, like, thank you for having me here. Basically, what we do at Tribe, Tribe helps companies and businesses create customizable social networks to connect their audience together. So we are a platform, meaning that we solve all the hard problems such as feed, notifications, member management, analytics, moderation, mm -hmm. and everything else is, uh, is an app mm -hmm. built on top of Tribe. So... Um, Right now, for instance, uh, as an example, when you talk about like question and answer, discussions, like events, all these are apps. And also integrations such as Zoom or Salesforce integration and HubSpot, those are apps as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an elevator pitch. For no, that's awesome. well, so, you know, for someone like myself that read up about the product, Uh, I'm sure this is a question you get quite often. You're building communities for users of other products if you're pitching this to a business. How often do you hear this? And then what is your response to, you know, why should I use Tribe versus building a Slack channel for my community, building a Facebook group for my community, just keeping my LinkedIn business page as a hub for users to interact and engage with us, provide R&D? You know, how often are you asked that and what is your response? 
Well, we hear this almost every day, to be honest. So there are two different sets of questions. The first one is why someone should use Tribe versus Facebook groups, mm -hmm. for instance. And uh, we're seeing actually a wave of businesses, especially moving out of Facebook groups. And the main reasons are, first of all, they don't have, they don't own the content and the people on Facebook, like Facebook mm -hmm. owns everything. They have no control over notifications. So it's like buying a house and then the mailman decides which mails to deliver. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want that, that type of house. And the next is that you cannot customize it or brand it the way you want or build new functionalities on top of it. Mm -hmm. So you need to wait for Facebook to implement new features. Now, comparing us to Slack, Slack is an amazing tool for messaging, especially when it comes to internal messaging and employees talking and interacting with each other. However, when you create a community on Slack and you have more than, let's say, 500 members, then it's really hard to control it. There are mm -hmm. no like moderation tools embedded into it. And most importantly, the pricing does not work. So mm -hmm. if you want to have like, I don't know, thousand members, you need to pay, I think like 20,000 per month. Like that's not something that you want to do. So mm -hmm. amazing tool, but it's for internal communication mostly and lots of noise as well. So it's not structured data. It's just day-to-day -day messaging. Mm -hmm. So we love the way, however, that Slack built the software as a platform, meaning that you see all different types of apps built on top of Slack. And we want to do the same thing for customer to customer interactions. Awesome. I love the analogy of, you know, building a house and then the mailman not delivering the mail. I often say, you know, don't build a home on borrowed land. When I talk to clients about Facebook as a platform itself, they limit how many people that are already fans of your page are you know, able to see the communications that you provide. Um, I'm curious, when you talk to most companies, how aware are they of sort of new technology, you know, platforms like Discord, Trello, you know, providing communication capabilities? Is that something they're aware of or is Tribe totally unique and new to them? So first of all, like the way we market our business, so we don't have outbound sales. Mm -hmm. So we are only inbound and people find us through Google, through like review websites such as Captera or G2 Crowd and things of that sort. So the benefit of that is that we are not convincing people that you need to build a community. Mm -hmm. They are already looking for building a community. Okay. Now, there are different tools and in many cases they have already reviewed Slack and Discord and other tools. However, like they feel like they cannot customize it the way they want. So one really big problem that I see on Discord, again, Discord, such an amazing tool. It's really good for, uh, actually in many cases, it's actually better than Slack for building online communities. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so the, the only problem is, the, the big problem I see there is that companies usually want to own the users and have like, for instance, on Discord, you have one single account and you need to log in with that single account into all different servers mm -hmm. that are out there, right? So the problem is that if you're part of like a gaming community, you may want a different profile picture mm -hmm. and like different email and all those things uh, compared to when you want to connect to, uh, 
I don't know, business uh, community Discord server, mm -hmm. let's say. So the issue is that you only have one account and then it causes problem with the ownership. So for instance, let's say Pipedrive is one of our customers and they want to make sure, first of all, they can log in with Pipedrive's login. Okay. They don't want people to log in with another tool. Uh, they already have all the accounts and they want to make sure there is a single sign on there. So we facilitate that. And also if you use the same account, same email account, you can have like the same email on one of the tribe communities and another one with different bio, different profile pictures and all those things. And that defines like the ownership of mm -hmm. that uh, user. So if they want to send emails to all their members to announce something important, they have the ability to do so. Amazing. So yeah, you sort of touched on that with you saying that, you know, brands or businesses want to own the community. That goes back to sort of what I was saying with don't build a house on borrowed land. You lose the platform, you lose the capability to reach those folks. So with Tribe, there are integrations that if I want to gather email or phone numbers or migrate them to another sort of platform, I can do so. Exactly. And those are things that you integrate directly through Tribe as an app. Exactly. And again, I want to emphasize on being a platform here. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, again, we solve all the hard problems, but we want to make sure that if we build a Q&A app on top of Tribe, a third party developer can build a better Q&A app on top of Tribe if they mm -hmm. want, or a second party app, like the business want to build an app on top of us to customize something. So we want to just make sure that that is possible and doable. It's Absolutely. very similar to iOS, right? In iOS, like there is a weather app mm -hmm. that Apple already implemented. It's not available on iPad, but <laughs> I'm sure like it will be at some point, but uh, a third party developer can build a better weather app on top of iOS. And we want to be the same for okay. connecting people to become like the operating system for connecting people. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So the openness allows people in the community to solve the problems for the community. Um, you said you solve or take care of all the hard parts. Uh, I guess the harder part for some brands and businesses is actually building that community and migrating a community over to a platform. What are some of the things you see brands doing um, in any vertical that impress you as far as building community and getting people to partake in Tribe as a platform for that community to communicate? Very good question. So first of all, as you have mentioned, building a community is just 10% about the technology and 90% about building the sense of belongingness, about setting the strategy and about getting like some value out of that community. So our approach is very similar to Notion or PowerPoint and Miro. So what I mean there, so if you, open up Miro, there are like some templates, pre-made templates. And when you use these templates, you're not just using the software, you're learning, for instance, how to run a retro mm -hmm. based on the templates that are there. Similar, similarly for like PowerPoint, when you use a, like a deck template, it actually shows you if you want to present this particular thing, mm -hmm. uh, use this or spreadsheets. So, it's learning by action. And we want to do the same for online communities. Mm. And we are releasing something called, so we have these uh, spaces. It's like, you can just think of it as groups. 
So you have a community and inside your community, you can have different spaces or mm -hmm. groups there. We're introducing a new feature on Tribe called Space Templates. Okay. And Space Templates are exactly what uh, like uh, the PowerPoint templates look like, but it focuses on building a community. When you build a new community, you want to have a space where people introduce themselves mm -hmm. as an example. So we will give you a template for that, uh, may maybe even many templates, maybe user-generated templates that our okay. members actually generated. And you will start with that. And that will give you, even the first post is already there for you to say, hey, if you want to do a water cooler or you want to do something to just get the conversation started, here is a good post to start with. Very similar cool. for like product updates, similar for other things. And we believe that what Tribe actually solves is helping our community managers creating the best environment or environments for their members to connect to each other. Mm -hmm. Because different like use cases need different types of environments. Maybe in one case, like question and answer is mm -hmm. the best one. Maybe it's, it should be a drop-in voice. Maybe it should be just event-based space. So these space templates also provide different functionalities that you can just start. So you can have like for your product updates, it can be, I don't know, like a discussion or an announcement type of space that you do that. And then you have like drop-in audio mm -hmm. so people can actually add uh, or discuss with the product managers about mm -hmm. the new feature at some time. So those are just some examples. No, all so, giving opportunities for the community to have a voice. Exactly, exactly. So how can we make sure that uh, in long run, a community manager or a business owner, co-founder, or like even like a success or support manager with a few clicks without any coding knowledge, they can actually build something similar to LinkedIn or Clubhouse even, or Facebook groups for their brand. That's what we want to actually achieve. In yeah, and it's moderated and I'm assuming probably more positive in people's responses than you might see from a review on Google or a review on Yelp, where people are trying to give feedback to a brand or a product or a brick and mortar business. And it's generally more negative with no sort of proposal to solving any of the issues. It's just sort of a sounding board to be heard for complaints. This is something where real-time communication and discussions are happening to sort of advance the brand, advance the product. Exactly, like people will talk, your customers will talk. Now you have the opportunity to have some control over it, or you can just let them talk or negatively or, or positively like on other social media, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we help you actually uh, help your customers to be happier? Okay. And that's, that's basically the purpose. And how can we help you so your customers can also help each other? Those are like the things that we want to make sure that it's happening. And, Again, we are a horizontal platform, meaning that we serve, we want to serve in long run any type or any sort of business. Now, if you want to create, a, I don't know, book club for moms, that's not Tribe. I think like WhatsApp or like Telegram, those social networks uh, are a better fit for you. But even if you're an influencer in long run, if you're a business, if you're earning money from the community 
or you're, you have a business and you want to have a community next to it, that's where uh, Tribe would be a fit. And we want to be a horizontal platform. Now, our approach is that we need to prioritize different apps that we ourselves built on top of Tribe. Now, our first target audience that we want to, tar we want to attack or tackle is basically customer and success communities for SaaS businesses. Mm -hmm. That's the first niche. And that means that the initial apps that we will build will be, um, I, I believe, like the HubSpot integration, the Salesforce integrations, mm -hmm. and things of that sort. Now, if a third-party developer or a second-party company like developer wants to build another use case on top of Tribe, they can do it. But our own focus will be on those things first. Fantastic. Yeah. So I guess for those people listening, Tribe operates by charging these brands or businesses a monthly fee. From that, are there opportunities for those brands or business to monetize the community that's responding? And then sort of a foundational piece, how many businesses currently are using Tribe and what's the average number of users in a community for each of those businesses? Yeah, so right now we have more than 80,000 communities created on top of Tribe. And every day we have around like 300 new communities Amazing. built on top of uh, Tribe today. And uh, there are, we are empowering around like seven, seven to eight million end users as we speak. Uh, now, in many cases, these companies already have a way to monetize. Mm -hmm. Basically, they have a product similar to like ConvertKit or Pipedrive. They already have a product. They're charging people based on those products. Mm -hmm. And they want to actually increase the access of uh, people or their customers to the community so they can help each other. So in those cases, we don't need to provide any monetization tool. Now, since our target audience for the time being is basically um, these businesses, SaaS businesses, most likely we haven't heard a lot from these businesses or companies telling us, hey, we want another way of uh, like uh, making money yeah. out Showing of Showing ads companies. to users yeah. and getting a percentage. Yeah. So, but um, when we are targeting like the next markets, then that will definitely come in. And in that case, like initially, most likely we will have integrations with other monetization tools. And then in long run, we can actually build it ourselves natively in the product. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, so I know so many groups are interested about building community. You know, for the sake of easy math, let's say a business has 100 users on Tribe. Mm -hmm. Can you break down percentage-wise what you see out of those 100 as super active users, people passively engaged in conversation, folks that have just migrated over and joined to be aware, sort of lurkers? You know, what do you see as a community breakdown? So it really depends on the use case. We have actually communities that use Tribe internally. As an example, IBM actually uses Tribe internally alongside Slack, which is a very interesting use case. It's not the most common one. But in those communities, we have almost everyone active because it's just many too many. Everyone knows each other. And that's the type of community that they are building. But the rule of thumb that I think you will read everywhere, and it is pretty accurate if you average or median everything, is a 99-1 rule. 
Mm -hmm. So 1% is the super active. They initiate the discussions and all those things. Then we have 9% that reply, like, and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then we have 90% of lurkers. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, actually the value that you get is not from engagement per se. Like in many cases, just the lurkers are actually getting some value from the community. Now in those cases, usually the when you want to measure the ROI, it's just how many searches have been done, what are the page views, how much time were spent in uh, basically reading these articles and which topics were not helpful. Those mm-hmm. are the types of things that will help companies to build a better community. Oh, absolutely. I consider myself a lurker on many platforms. And I think the benefit <laughs> is sometimes knowing who to go to for certain answers regarding specific queries. Um, I certainly would consider you an expert in sort of building community as you get to witness all these communities being built. Are there things that you've seen certain groups within Tribe do well? Are there pieces related to sort of gamification or earnings that you see people integrating that you say, you know what, that's a successful thing. I'm going to let other products know about this so that they can bring that to their community members. So to be honest, gamification is way more powerful than what we think. Even a simple number is uh, pretty interesting. Like when you have the, we we do have uh, natively on tribe, a reputation score as well as a virtual currency. So these are like two things that help us with the gamification. Now in the new product, it's even way more powerful, but let's just stick with what we have and most of our customers are on. Um, So using the reputation score, and it depends, like every single different community have different rules for giving score and reputation score to people. And it is super helpful, especially in the early days. And we have this leaderboard that shows like the top people this month, this week, and this day. And as soon as you install it, as it's an app, again, Mm -hmm. you install this app, we see actually a really high engagement higher engagement in the communities to the point that we pre-install it uh, after a while because it just gives the value. And if somebody wants, they can remove it. Another gamification method we use uh, is virtual currencies that different customers are using it differently, meaning that um, you can actually define a question and put some prize on it. And when people answer to it, the best answer will win the prize Mm -hmm. and then people can redeem it to different things that the company provide. So we have seen this being used a lot as well at Tribe where it it basically redeems to a coupon Mm -hmm. for the SaaS business or it redeems to a gift card. And we've seen like many people um, just increasing the engagement using these tools. I love it. You're bringing the lurkers into the light. Exactly, exactly. That's That's the idea. Um, in, in long run, however, like the strategy is super important, like making sure that people understand who is part of this community and who is not part of this community. And that exclusiveness is also really uh, helpful when we talk about it. So creating subgroups or subspaces where they are exclusive to a certain number of people based on their reputation score mm-hmm. or based on their plan or anything, uh, that actually 
increases the engagement by a lot as mm -hmm. well. Of course, more access, different communication, different conversations. I love that. Uh, well, you touched on not talking about the new product. Let's talk about what we just currently have. But uh, you just closed a huge round of funding. Let's talk about the new product. What do you have in plans for Tribe? Uh, congratulations on the funding. I'm sure that was quite a process, which I definitely want to touch on. But what what is in store for Tribe now? Yeah, of course. So, so it's first of all, like it's pretty interesting when I tell people that our whole fundraising process took like three weeks from day one to the thing. So we can touch upon that. Yeah. But in general, uh, we are super excited with the new product now. The old product, well, we faked a lot of things. We okay. faked <laughs> being a platform technically. So for a developer to build on top of Tribe on the first product, it took them around like two to three months. And still out of like the 50, 60 apps that we have, 35% was built by our community which is very interesting. So it takes so much time, but still they're willing to build apps on top of us. Another example is like our community actually translated Tribe into 35 different languages. Wow. Which is again, like we did not pay anything for it. Like it, it's just a uh, community did it. So we figured if we empower our community, they will help us build more functionalities on Tribe so we can actually serve more no-code customers, basically. Wow, that's very impressive. I feel like most businesses, you know, if they asked a community to translate their business to a native language, at least in America, you would get people hyperlinking to like a Rick Roll video. They wouldn't you know, <laughs> be taking it seriously. That's amazing. So how do you oversee something like that to ensure that, you know, the communication is standard, built to spec across different languages? Yeah, so we have like the a really like a set flow for the um, we, we're using a third party tool for doing the translation. And then we have like approvals, approvers, some people that just take a look at the product and then testers for these like new languages. But the point, the main point was like, if we empower the community, they will help us. And that's exactly what Tribe 2.0 or the new Tribe platform is about. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure like comparing like with the old product that took like three months for a developer to build an app on top of us. In the new product, it takes just 15 minutes from the time that the developer wants to build an app on top of us to the time that they send their first notification or their first card to the feed. Wow. That is the goal, basically. So we're a little bit far about from that, but that is the vision that we want. No, That's it's number great one. to have that vision. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just curious, when you talk about the community and receiving feedback, how much feedback from the Tribe users did you receive to sort of tailor your pitch for Tribe 2.0? So we received so many positive <laughs> okay, and <good>. negative uh, <laughs> I like comments. It was too much based on your response right there. <laughs> no, so, so, so many, like I cannot like, and like the process of just gathering all this feedback and making sure that we value to, uh, we give more value to the most important ones. It's just, it's such a process internally. Mm -hmm. If I show you the diagram, like it's it's a big, big part of like tribe in oh, general sure. to gather that input. <laughs> so we learned a lot and 
there were like two things that stood out. One was again, like this customization piece that we are solving with the being a platform. And second was how can we easily integrate the community into our product? And so usually the community is one side and then the product is somewhere else and they're separated. So you have the community as a standalone thing. What Tribe empowers businesses to do is to easily integrate the community into their product. So you should be, and in the Tribe 2.0, we want to make it even simpler, meaning that you can easily go to any feed that you see in any of the spaces, click on share button, say, I want a widget out of this. And you can just embed that code anywhere you want and add the single sign on to it if you want. And then you have that feed there. And I'm not only talking about web, I'm also talking about mobile. Mm -hmm. So especially on mobile, you don't want to have like a community app and then your product. Like that's, you already spent so much money on like asking people to install the app Mm -hmm. itself. You want it to be a tab inside the product. Now, how can we make it as simple as possible? So those are like two of the most, the biggest learnings that we have. Oh, that's amazing. And again, congratulations on the funding. I know you touched on a three-week process. I know listeners are probably dying to know, start to finish, how, what, <laughs> what <laughs> walk us through the process because, you know, that's an unbelievable timeline. Um, you know, start to finish, it was brought to you, you were pitching three weeks. What did you do in that time? What questions were asked? I mean, I, I know listeners are going to be going crazy, going three weeks, no way, but walk us through the whole thing. Yeah, of course. So it was pretty interesting. So first of all, uh, we had we were receiving lots of inbound investor interests in general over the year that we have bootstrapped, basically. So what I've done was just gathering a list of all these investors and then sending quarterly updates. And we were very transparent with our numbers. So everything uh, was there, what we want to do and what has happened over the past quarter and the growth and everything. So we had like really good numbers as well. But when we wanted to do the fundraising, basically I just added a PS to that uh, (laughs) quarterly note that, by the way, we are raising our seed round. And then um, I've heard a lot that fundraising is just like filling up your gas and you want to just get get the gas and keep going. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, when we said like we are doing the fundraise, we've mentioned a deadline there, right there, that we're doing it in three weeks. And that's when we want to close. And I remember that I had back-to-back meeting and it was in the, like, in the pandemic as well. So I, I didn't have to just travel around for every single meeting, which was a plus. But basically from 8 a.m. EST to like, I think 8 p.m. Uh, EST, like I was just fully booked except like just one uh, 30 minute slot for my lunch. Wow. I used to actually go from one meeting to another and I remember the time that I was not sure if I already mentioned something to this investor or it was mm. the previous one. So it was so many meetings back to back that that happened. But uh, the idea was to make sure that you set a really good deadline and a solid one. And then 
pack your calendar with all the meetings back to back. And it was pretty interesting that as soon as you receive your first term sheet, then things are just moving super, super fast. And you need to just make sure that you buy a little bit of time uh, so you can get other offers and figure out like what is the best offer. And in the end, we didn't even pick the best offer. So uh, I picked like the investor that um, I felt the partner basically that I felt like uh, can add the most value. And that was the result of it. But one of the term sheet, as an example, like from the time that we had our first session to the time that we received the term sheet, it took 19 hours, which is crazy. Like, can you say that one more time? Because I know our listeners are going to be going crazy. <laughs> so, 19 so, hours. Yeah, 19 hours from the time that we had our first session. And there were like four sessions between these like 19 hours. So it seems that if funds want to move fast, they can really move fast. It really depends on like uh, how much you feel that the business and the vision is good. The team I think matches and we had a really good founding story as well. And yeah, I think that was uh, part of the reasons that we could do it like really in like three months and then get the term sheet. We, we received, I think, eight eight term, term sheets with like wow. 25 VCs wanting to follow. What an unbelievable position to be in. That must be so yeah. nice. I know, again, many listeners are going to be very jealous. Um, you mentioned you didn't take the best offer. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came down to what people were offering, uh, how much of it was really based on what is the return that you can bring? What's the multiplier, you know, 3x, 5x, 10x based on our investment? Or was it really people that saw Tribe for what it was in building communities that wanted sort of a seat at the table with sort of that mission statement? You know, what what were the differences between the offers? What were the expectations? So to just, this is like another funny story because that highest term sheet that we received, actually the person came to the door of our place and gave the term sheet personally. And it was the highest number in case of like valuation. What we looked at was, not even the firm, it was the partner. And I I believe like that's the most important thing to pick a partner that believe in the way you are thinking about the product. Now, Tribe, as I've mentioned, is a, we we market it as a like horizontal platform Mm -hmm. and not many investors like that positioning. Usually investors like vertical positionings Mm -hmm. where you can easily copy and paste it into other places or other areas and things of that sort. So um, the partner that we picked, which was like Bessemer uh, and uh, some like Ethan at Bessemer, Mm -hmm. the thing is that they really believe in the platform play even the like companies that they're part of their board, all of them are platforms. And we felt like this can be a really good collaboration there. Now, our round was co-led by a CRV as well. And for CRV, like the diversity was amazing that uh, like, I haven't seen any other firms with that much diversity. So when I was just meeting partners, everyone was from every, different places like around the world. And that was very um, intriguing. Yeah, it's appealing, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So now you've had a moment, the dust has settled. Is there anything you would have done differently through the three-week process of sort of 
beginning to accept funding, starting the round, you know, going back, looking at it, is there things you wish you had presented differently, set up differently, communicated differently? I think everything looked good. I would have taken more notes. That's okay. the only thing that I would have added because I had like so many uh, like uh, sessions just back to back. I think like things you may actually confuse some of uh, like the discussions that you had. That was the only thing that I would have improved. I, I didn't use a CRM or any of like those luxury tools. It was just on Notion, everything. And we are still using Notion. So that's one. I've seen also founders who sent like monthly updates instead yeah. of a like, quarterly. And I've seen them like being uh, really successful as well. So for the first round, I think it's very important that you keep your interested investors like in the loop. So mm -hmm. they see that you can execute. Interesting. So you, you mentioned the word transparency. I know Tribe has some co-founders, people that work alongside you. Were there any sort of differences that you guys had in regards to what offers should be accepted? directional approach, you know, where you see Tribe going, what you wanted Tribe 2.0 to be, you know, walk me through sort of leading with two other partners. Yeah, of course. So um, just to give you a little backstory about, so I'm the technical C CEO of Tribe. I've started like programming when I was nine or 10 years old and did all random stuff, co-founded a dating app. Uh, when I was like 17, I couldn't even legally use it. Then, then co-founded another uh, product. It was a Yahoo Messenger chatbot that connected experts together. So it was building communities through Yahoo Messenger. It's a messaging app uh, for the people that don't know it. And I technically, I think I got to know my co-founders through that, that uh, like uh, messaging bot that I had. And we had like many products uh, at the time. And I know both of my co-founders since I was 16 year old. And we always wanted to do something together, which is the interesting part. Now, I went, immigrated to the States, uh, co-founded another online community business. And the initial customers were like NASA, State of Maryland, US Human and Health Services. And at some point, it became a custom shop for these larger organizations. Wow. And that was when I figured like, hey, if we want to attack this market, we need to be a platform. Now. For random reasons, I then moved to Canada. And at the same time, both of my old friends back in time actually moved to Canada, Toronto as well. Mm -hmm. And we were like, hey, wow, like we always wanted to do something together. Now let's do it. And I had this side project, which was exactly an online community platform, the way uh, I was thinking about it. And uh, my co-founders, one of them, leads the marketing and products and the other one leads the sales and operation, they told me, hey, like, let us actually sell and market this together. Uh, you have the product, the MVP, let's do it. And I remember I spent like three weeks on building the product. And in two weeks, we had uh, five customers wanting to pay us $300 per month. Wow. From nothing, no product to $1,500 in MRR, it took us like six weeks. And that's one of the most important things, I think, when you're co-founding a company, that the co-founders have every single skill for building that product or that business in general. Now, it may take like longer time 
If you have a team, you can do it in a shorter amount of time, but the skill set is there between them. Oh, it's and absolutely from a the, to your team. Yeah, yeah. So it's in the, from the beginning, we, we were very aligned on what we want to do. Now, regarding the fundraising, my co-founders were doing all the heavy lifting <laughs> while I was just raising the fund. So it was like a very same, and we trust each other really well. So they didn't even ask about like, what are the deals or which deal we are taking? Like we were, it was like, I came back and I said, hey, like we closed around. So that, that was the way that we operated. Well, you part, your part saying they did all the heavy lifting. I know that's the part they're going to cut from this interview to play back to you over and over and over <laughs> just to remind you, you know, hey, we did all the heavy lifting. Yeah, de definitely. Like, uh, hey, like you are flying and you're just uh, fueling the, the like airplane, like uh, who is the driver? Like while I was just doing the fueling, like they were doing all the heavy lifting there to make sure the business is sustainable and it's moving forward. Well, it's amazing. You guys have certainly built quite a thing. I'm curious at what point did you really feel like this is something you mentioned, you know, five customers, five clients, you know, willing to pay a monthly rate. At what point did you guys look at each other and say, we really have something here? Well, first of all, another interesting thing there is that we didn't even have a bank account at the time that we had those five <laughs> customers. So we had to actually co-found the company after having oh like $1,500 in MRR. And we basically understood like there is a big need in this market and we're very lucky as well luck plays a really big role in startups because my previous company was around online communities as well but it was too early like but this one was at the right time then when we got leads from really big companies like really huge ones like companies with like 1500 stores around the world or i don't know businesses who are building like big movies and like studios and we figured, oh my God, like when you think of like, for instance, Disney, you think that they have the best community already, mm -hmm. but you see actually these big companies as leads coming in and asking, like searching for a platform or a product to empower their community. Then you figure out, oh my God, like right now is the time. Maybe like uh, they haven't thought about like community can be a moat mm -hmm. and all those things. So we are on top of like a few different waves. One is the no-code wave. Another one is community is the moat. Another one is the privacy issues that we see with mm -hmm. these online on larger social networks. So when we looked at all these different waves that are happening, we are like, okay, uh, this is, I believe, the last business that we want to run, uh, hopefully. Wow, well, that is amazing. Uh, from going from no bank account to, I know you certainly have one now. Um, <laughs> I've really appreciated the time talking to you. I, I would like to open up the floor to you for the next minute. Uh, tell us what's next. Tell us what you'd like people to take away, how they can contact you, they can get in touch, reach you. Um, the floor is yours really for one minute to say anything you'd like. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me here. Uh, don't waste your time with that. I'll reset that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, we truly believe that there is a need for a platform. Whatever, like, Shopify did to Amazon, there should be a company that does it to Reddit or Facebook groups. And I think right now is the time. So Shopify decentralized everything, made sure they're solving the hardest problems. And now you can actually build any app on top of it. And we believe the same 
for social networks and online communities. Now I'm uh, at Siavash in all social medias. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, like YouTube, just feel free to follow me if you want. And you can reach out to like our product uh, from like tribe.so and feel free to just create your free community and give it a look. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for the time. I've been speaking with the CEO from Tribe. I absolutely recommend following their page on LinkedIn. They're one of the better business pages I've seen providing updates. And I certainly would click on the article related to their funding for Forbes. A lot of interesting things in there. Congratulations to you guys again on the funding. I know big things are coming your way. I really appreciate the time and uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch. Thanks. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lee. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Talk to you. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.